My name is Matt Devlin, and this is Walks Alive. So this we're is, hot yeah. right now. All right. Yeah. yeah, this is nice, man. All right. Let me get a photo real quick. And uh, before we get started, is there anything that, you know, we shouldn't talk about? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Pro- yeah, probably lots, you know. This is nice, man. In the old days, people would just um, write down what they thought you said, right? Right, but now we have access to people. There's a degree of accuracy. All right, guys. So we are here on Walks of Life. Uh, This is the run-through, unofficial trial run. Very first one I've ever done. Uh, what's the date? It is September twentieth, twenty nineteen. And I'm here with one. What is your name, sir? Matt Delvin. That's right, Matt Delvin. <laughs> of uh, Matthew Delvin. Thank you. Straight out of Pembroke, o two three five nine. Where's Pembroke? Just north of uh, Duxbury, Plymouth, Kingston, Cape Cod. Okay, so for all of us on the West Coast, or, you know, not the East Coast, wh- where is all that? You're from the East Coast, I gather? Hi. Hi. <laughs> all right, real quick, uh, let, let's do a quick reset, you know, because the goal of this whole thing is to educate, inspire, and really just entertain. Um, we're going to get through a little bit of a mini interview, but mostly this is a free and open discussion. Okay. And you are the perfect, perfect guest for this, I'm willing to bet. Um, because anybody that's had a conversation with you at any point in your life, I'm sure, has told you, you're pretty interesting, pretty interesting dude. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so, real quick, who, who are you? What's your name? How would you describe what you do? Uh, man, that's a tough question. <laughs> My name is Matthew Devlin, evidently. I'm from Pembroke, Massachusetts, according to the records. And, um, yeah, man, I've been bopping around for 45 years, doing stand-up comedy, trying to do my own thing, and I love you. And, yeah, no, you don't even have to answer that. Well, you know. We're all sort of stuck here, you know, (laughs) going through the motions and trying to... uh, Unfortunately, I think... think But fortunately, too. Very true. You know? Very, very Um, thankful to have found the tribe of comedy. Totally. people you know like absolutely i feel right where undeniably i i can't imagine leaving it i can't imagine not ever being in it you kind of feel like you're in it and we've joined the circus now we're it um we can't not be a trapeze artist uh, yeah i can't honestly can't say anything against any of that no in fairness yeah, and you are a pretty awesome comedian. You're a very funny person. Thank you. you uh, you're one half of the hosting duties over at the Venice Underground. Yep. You guys put on an incredible show over there. Uh, it's every Wednesday yep. in Venice Beach. Me and Bronson Jones. Bronson Jones. Yep. He's also awesome. I hope to get him on here one day. One day. 
Um, I'll help you with that, man. He's a diamond. Interesting little fact that has nothing to do with nothing, but you know what? I'm going to welcome those thoughts. Uh, I never realized Venice Beach, not technically a city. It's just West Los Angeles. No, never knew that. No, it's just Venice. It's Is it Venice just Venice? Beach. Yeah, nobody could. Venice Beach. Is Venice. Venice a city? No. It's just West Los Angeles, right? It's Venice is Venice. It's L.A. It's who do you call when the house is on fire? Right. Marina Del Rey. I live down on the alley on the thing by the what's it where the sand hits the water. Right. Is it county? Is it L.A.? Is it, you know, whatever. Do you deal with your own problems? Yeah. I feel you. Venice is very much its own vibe for mm. sure, too. And it's gone through a lot, man. It used to be yeah. Camp A Rock. It used to be a, um, you know. So a lot of what you... Um, now see and hear about you know venice or venice beach or uh, silicon beach or whatever when you go back to brass tacks it's venice I venice all right that's it didn't realize that yeah there a lot go. of really good people that have been there for generations oh hell yeah dude the the coolest people the i've torch. met uh come from there or have passed through there at certain points mm. I feel like there's people you meet in your life that you know, that's kind of what inspired this. I feel like uh, people you meet in your journey, you know, mm. that you're you're supposed to meet. And it's funny always to hear that uh, you all kind of pass through the same points at some point. You know, like I can't tell you how many people uh, I immediately feel a connection to once I find out that they've been to Swamis in North Encinitas. If you've never been there, it's the Self-Realization Fellowship Meditation Gardens right on the edge of uh, the bluffs there overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Uh, it is far to get to, but totally worth it. I think yeah. it encapsulates everything that represents what Southern California means to me, you know. Swamis, North Encinitas, Cardiff by the Sea. Everybody should go there. Um, but I'm sorry, we're I know getting what, off I know what you mean. I know you, no, but I know <laughs> what you mean. I know what you mean as far as the, um, you know, the commitment to putting yourself in a place. Yeah, and I always tend to think You can about, be dismissive about it, and you can joke about it. But if you've been there, you know. Exactly. Dude. With respect. You yeah. know, not getting all deep. I mean, I think you kind of are, and that's all right, man. Because I feel like there's a deep connection. We probably both have a deep affinity to these places, especially Venice. You know, I always think of my old roommate, Lance Roche. He used to tell me he was a old hippie metalhead burnout dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, used to tell me all these amazing stories about growing up being a rich machinist on speed, rollerblading around Venice Beach and living life to its fullest, you know. And I can't fault him. He's a cool guy, man. He's lived to tell a, t- a thousand stories, you know. So, fuck it. That's part of his journey, man. Is there a video man. recording of this or is it just audio? Ooh, we'd have to ask him. We'd have no, to No, I ask. mean like now. Is this strictly audio? Oh, right now, yeah. All right, so yeah, this is, but, for, for those of y'all listening at home, this is me just leaning back and shrugging, going, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, for I like, I get it, yeah, yeah. man." And right. there's so many people like that that are just beautiful um, specimens of like what yeah. goes on in that neighborhood. And you never know exactly. And that's getting back to the point. That's kind of what this is all about. Is that you know the people I interview, they're not always going to be comedians. They're not always going to be the most famous. They're not always going to be. Clearly. No, yeah, you speak too too low of yourself. You have uh, quite the following, I think. I'm nearly up into the double digits. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, realistically, this is all about getting knowledge and little bits of wisdom 
from all walks of life, from people from different backgrounds, mm. because I feel like everybody, no matter where you are, no matter what you do, you have some bit of wisdom to give to someone. And I think through asking questions, through having these little conversations, we're going to learn a lot. And hopefully we're going to be entertained. Hopefully we'll get some weird stories and interesting perspectives on things. I feel honored that you've considered me for this. And I got your message earlier with some of the questions. And thank you. Yeah. And we've had so much fun together, bopping oh, around dude, you know, L.A. and I.E. doing shows and yeah stuff like that so yeah thanks man no it's my um, honor dude i i'm just anytime anybody cool doesn't tell me to fuck off i'm surprised and elated so thank you for being here man even considering this um it's cool being in this garage out in where we should describe where we're at right now not in too much detail all right we're in a very secret location where we're at, my, we're at my warehouse out in San Bernardino County that I like to, you know, <laughs> this is the separation at church and state. Yeah. The beauty of it is, um, you know, we can do chin-ups on the pallet racks and yeah. smoke a indoors. near me. And yeah. But, yeah, nobody needs to know. Well, I'm just saying, it, we're on location somewhere very cool out in the middle of the Inland Empire. Yeah, um, we're in sunny Ontario. Yeah, not exactly where you would... Uh, necessarily expect, expect yeah you know no, but, that's a fair point yeah that's a fair point so i feel like it, it, we should probably address it a little bit you know and that gets into our first question a little bit or our second question i should say how about we answer that question well the first question was what's your name and who are you and i think you did a little bit on that but the next question was how did we meet and how do we know each other which is kind of ties into what we're talking about i think the first time i met you dude um we were on a show together Yep. And you would ask for a ride or something like that, seeing if anybody was in the area. And I happened to work right up the street from where you were. I and would say so, that's correct. Yeah. And for the record, my name is Matthew Devlin, not Mark <laughs> Delvin, which I get confused for regularly. That's yeah. Right. And, James uh, Beckman. Mm, Just kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I shamelessly hit people up for feedback on local shows. And it was an IE show at that brewery. Yeah, well, and I just remember from the moment that I met you, you seemed like a really cool, nice, genuine guy. You didn't give me a weird, elitist vibe. You didn't seem above me, which, you know, clearly you were. I think I was maybe a couple months into comedy when we first met. So uh, it's awesome to see. It wasn't, though. Was it not? No, dude. It was only like a year and a half ago, something like that. It feels longer. Admittedly, okay. I feel like we've been through some journeys at this point, which is kind of funny. Yeah, for sure. Right? <laughs> how, <laughs> how we got back here the last yeah, time. Yeah, I was like, ooh. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. No, and yeah, we've had some it, yeah. really fun times, man. That Riverside. And, yeah. Um, Checking out the Mission Inn, the fourth yeah, floor. Yeah, dude. Right. We won't get into that, but. No, I think one we of should. I think we places. should get into that. Every once in a while, somebody will give you some advice and go, hey, man, check something out. And you're like, all right, yeah, all right. cool. And then you, you know borderline dismissive because you're there for whatever 38 minutes or whatever i can't tell you how many people i've tried to tell like the most beautiful place one of the most beautiful places in all of southern california is in downtown riverside i can still remember turning a corner into a a little nook where the moon was coming in and the courtyard was below us and i was going man i was dismissive about this somebody went through all the trouble to, to like build experience. that thing 
that, that, that somebody built that thing. Beautiful. Oh yeah. If you uh, if you're ever in downtown Riverside, and you're looking for one of the most breathtaking views in the world, go to the fourth floor of the Mission Inn. Go right up to the fourth floor by going in through the front door to the left. Go yep. up the elevators. Yep. Act like you're there. Like you're, you know, act with some class like you're a guest. Do it on a full moon. Do it on a full moon, Eat especially. Some mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Now, you should probably do it at sunset, though, and go up to the fourth floor. Yeah, that's what I said. Walk a full out moon. To the, yeah, walk out to the flower beds. Enjoy the view. You're instantly in Spain. Turn a corner. You're in Japan. Turn another corner. You're in Italy. It's it's unlike anything. But the unemployment rates are better. <laughs> yeah. I'm not wrong. All right, let's get into the questions. All right, so let's, yeah, let's get back on there. Um, next question was just where did you grow up? So you grew up Boston area, right? I grew up in Pembroke, Massachusetts. Is my, that near yeah. Boston? Yep. Okay. Thirty-four <laughs> miles. Yeah. Okay, that, um, that's fair. It would be uh, referred to as commuter belt. You know, what do they call it? Uh, I don't know. It's one of the neighboring cities. Yeah. It's uh, it's know. on the outskirts. Outskirts. Well, yeah. All right. And what was it like there? I mean, do you miss it at all? Do you ever think about going back to the East Coast? Yeah. Yeah, I think about it, man. Pembroke's great. Like, the people I grew up with are great. Um, there's a handful where you're like, whoa, man, really? But pound for pound, yeah, great part of the world. Um Half an hour to Cape Cod, half an hour to Boston, if you know how to drive. And, you know, we don't get too worked up about it. Um, Public transportation from Pembroke into town to go have fun is a little bit restricted, but that doesn't stop it. And, yeah, Pembroke, Massachusetts. Like, when I look at you and when I talk to you, dude, I get, like, a a very working-class vibe. Do you think it's fair to say that Pembroke is kind of a working-class town? Uh, yeah, it is. And it's also very commuter belt and there's also a lot of, uh, you know, uh, cufflinks going to the hundredth floor. So there's, yeah, there's a fair amount of all of it, really. Right on. Like, accurately. And were there a lot of comedians, you think, growing up that you, uh... No. No? No. So, I mean, when you were growing up, did you always want to become a comedian? Yeah. Yeah? How far back do you think that was? 1983. How old were you about then? Eight. Yeah, and you knew that that soon? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. Was there a memory But it never felt like it never felt like it was something that you would do. Yeah. And we had a handful of, um, you know, Olympian athletes, professional athletes. Um, and you never, you know, that was, you, you just didn't, how do you say it nicely? It was never something we did. So to do it, to get on with it and do it, was a real leap of faith for me. And I love my, you know, my hometown and my boys from Bryanville and, and all that. But you never, you never really aspired to it, in fairness. So what do you think led you to it? I mean, how, how did you do your first mic? Did you know that that was what you were aspiring to do? Did it... Just kind of happen. Um, I had a friend who's no longer with us, Pete Gray, God rest his soul. And uh, 
another friend, John Lee, who was like, man, you think like a comic. And that's what pushed me into it. But I never felt like it. It always felt to me like everything I ever did was a standard, you know, variation, if you will, of what was expected of me as, you know, a white kid growing up in the suburbs. It never felt like this is how you can potentially do it. Um, I don't begrudge anybody for that. I really don't. But that's how it felt. So, I mean, what changed? What led you to have this change in your way of thinking to break away from everything I just that did you it. Knew, you know? Yeah, I just did it. Yeah. You know, I just... Just felt I natural. did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some variation, you know, wasn't horrific. So that was worth doing. And then it just carried on. And I wouldn't change anything. I love stand-up comedy. I love the idea that we can get together and, you know, share ideas. And, um, they can't see me shrugging, can they? So, no, you know, but, you but, can, I, you but I am. I'm like, right, you, you know what I mean? They're like, you can't, yeah. um, you can't be dismissive of, you know, these real things yeah. that, that affect you. Right, and I think that's what's so important about mm. comedy. People don't realize, like... It's one of the downfalls, I think, of PC culture is that it overshadows, you know, the the idea that satire needs to exist. You know, that this is a really powerful tool, stand-up comedy sometimes. Absolutely. To be in these weird, uncomfortable spaces and, you know, still be in agreement that, you know, these words and ideas aren't going to hurt us. We can explore them for the absurdity that, you know, exists within them yeah. without necessarily being hurt. Although I will say mm. that I do like the idea of being empathetic to each other. I think, you know, the downfall of PC culture sometimes is that people forget that satire exists. Yeah, <laughs> it, like, it gets so much bad press. Yeah. But, like, it's not a bad thing. It's not. Right? It's so, like, I'm supposed to sit here and be like, rawr, you know, and, and, you know, puff my chest out and be like, you and know. do nothing with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, where's the transformation? Yeah, we need to be able to explore why, why push these ideas. It? Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, not to, together. You know, what's his way. name there? Kennedy's brother. Like, why not? But why not? <laughs> Seriously. Why not? Yeah. All right, wait. Let's get back on track. Um, I didn't realize we weren't. I mean, we. I, yeah, that's a very good point. That's a slip in my thinking. I uh, we are exactly where we need to be in this conversation. Maybe I think so. We just gotta have to let it happen. I think uh, we're all stuck here. <laughs> That's what kills me. You mean in life? Yeah. Or in comedy? I mean, one and the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like two people fucked in your hair, right? Yeah, out of no choice of our own. Two people fucked in our hair. I'm a, um, what do they call it when you get chopped out? Come on. Uh, Caesarean section. Ah. Uh, right? Definitely not what like, I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, so I was but, like, uh, I was like a C section, right? Okay. And, like, who knows <laughs> what that means in the and, grand and scheme of things? Yeah, right? I mean, in fairness, like, like, that's a serious question. Like, who knows? And then I went home from, the hospital and a Ford Pinto 
Is like, that a fact? Yeah, like right before like a that massive like a massive recall on a Thursday during <laughs> <laughs> during happy hour. Right? No, for real. And that was the beginning of Matthew Tiflin. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's what I'm told. Yeah. Who sorry. knows? Seriously. So, so like my parents fucked, right? <laughs> right. April eleventh, nineteen seventy four. Cool. Right? So if you want to do identity theft, <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> April 11th, 1974. My mother's like, whoa, I got to take a shit. Or whatever, you know? So <laughs> off we go yeah. to the hospital yeah. on a Thursday before a long weekend. And then you hear that plane going over? That's definitely a plane. Is it showing up on the thing? Yes, it is. All right. We sit tight and let the plane go over. That's all right. Right? And then... Quite frankly, I enjoyed that plane. Yeah. Well, it helps us to... What we're trying to do now is understand the... Uh, what are we trying to understand? <laughs> and then, back and then the next day, I went, I went home in a Ford Pinto. <laughs> Check that out. Check out the 74 Ford Pinto. It was like, literally. Seems appropriate. And thus was It was Devlin. seriously um, <laughs> like a total recall on the vehicle. Well... All right, so growing up, you didn't think being a comedian was something that was possible. It just kind of happened. You kind of went with it. It naturally progressed. Like you, you talked to a couple of your friends about it. Mm. You, I imagine, probably went to a couple of open mics uh, at the beginning. Did you, did you do that whole thing where you went to open mics and watched and didn't get up for a couple tries? No. Nope. No? Nope. How'd it go? I was str- right when I went into it, I was just like, fuck this, let's roll. Yeah? Yeah. And you just jumped up on stage. Where was the first place you went? Uh, it was in uh, East London. Can't remember the name. 1996. So you're out living in London? What yeah. brought you to London? Uh, I, I was in love with a woman. Understandable. Yeah. yeah. Why do we do anything? Right. Right. Yeah, so that was that. And then it, it became a matter of um, Pete Gray. I like hearing myself say his name. Pete Gray is a Bostonian. Uh, he's deceased. And he puts his shoulder into his love for his friends. And he said to me, he goes, you think like a comic, you should be a comic. And historically, I'd always um, contemplated that, you know, reality. But growing up in Boston and, you know, going to um, high school and all that, you kind of just didn't do that. It wasn't what was expected. And I think a lot of people fall into that category. I think there's a lot of comics right now that are um, getting their name painted on the wall at the comedy store. And they deserve it, but they're also just kind of like leaning in, shoulder first, and, and, and doing it. And I think it's great. I believe that. Yeah, dude, there's a lot of really hardworking people totally. out there. And I got into it like it was like this back-end thing. It was total back-end thing. And What do you mean by that? Like it wasn't something you intended to do? It wasn't, yeah, that's fairly accurate I didn't intend to do it but I was also like rear echelons 
doing it reliable. I still think I'm reliable. But how do you, um, you know, how do you look at the big picture? There's a lot of guys right now that are providing content for the big picture, the big picture, and they're great. They're great at it. Undeniable. Do you think? Uh, is there anyone out there that particularly inspires you? Yes. Who do you think that would be? Just a couple of names come to your mind. It doesn't have to be anyone in particular. Uh, I love Jenny Zagrino. She can like just shrug it off. And Jenny Zagrino, man. I love Rick Glassman. I like hard-hitting, unapologetic comics. Uh, Jenny, if you're not familiar, can you say Russian Jew? Russian Jew from Boston. I think you just did. Yeah, I did. Right? <laughs> and, and she's just got this punchiness about her and this real fearless I love Boston comics too there is something about Boston comedy I don't know why but there's a lot of really 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 talented people that have continually come out of that city and you know it's not that their perspective necessarily lends itself to only a Bostonian because there's so many people that have come out of there that I think are the most relatable people ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's... I don't know what it is about that city, man, but so much good comes out of it in terms of comedy. It's parking tickets. Yeah, not uh, not in terms of racism. A lot it's of parking com- tickets. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Believe that. You ever listen to Robbie Rhodes, Dima? No, but I think I'm going oh, to man. now. Is there anything else you think you could see yourself doing other than comedy? Or, I mean, doing other than what you're presently doing, in addition to what you're presently doing, maybe? Uh, yeah. Like I think what? so. Um, I like the idea that stand-up comics have a degree of credibility that can incorporate other art forms, you know, into things that lead to more opportunities for other artists. Right, definitely. You know, literally artists, musicians. Yeah, and that's the thing that I don't understand why it doesn't happen more. We we should really be all acting together collectively as artists, musicians, jugglers, fire breathers, whatever it is that you do. Totally, fire breathers. Yeah, whatever it is that you do, we should be creating more opportunities to help promote and, like, elevate and collaborate with each other that make as much sense to me sometimes I think I meet people that whether or not they realize it seem to have this mentality that you know only there can only be one winner and it's definitely not the case totally not the case no no there's plenty of responsibility to go around and give everybody a piece of the pie I'm so glad you're saying this no it's true though you know and uh, I mean I've probably been guilty of it my own ways without realizing it or with realizing it in the past of you know not wanting to collaborate enough but there really is a beauty to it and it's better for everybody in the long run to leave not wanting to collaborate enough is like it's bad it's a bad habit to get into you know it's constrictive to you You i can't disagree man like like there's a beautiful element of creativity in fairness um I know you can't see us right now, but we are literally sitting in a warehouse. 
And yeah. <laughs> after, no, I mean, in fairness, we are. We are. And the, uh, to everybody at home listening. Um, You're shrugging his shoulders. Danny's got, yeah, I'm shrugging. Yeah, Danny's going to go. I'm probably going to sleep in a hammock. I'm probably going to wake up and do a ton of writing. Maybe I'll write before I sleep. But that isolationist element, it's pretty undeniable. And what you it means is, like, we're not, we're not elsewhere. We're not elsewhere. And we do good things. Right. Like, we genuinely do good things. That fucking show down in Riverside on Mondays, Aaron Chase, Aaron Chase. Yeah. And, and George Frito. Right? Like, the buddy system. Yeah. They, All the guys down they there. They put their fucking shoulder. The IE comedy scene in general is but they undervalued. Put their sho- they put their shoulder into making that happen. They do. And for no they other reason. They make fuck kids like me feel welcome. They make everybody That House of Pong thing. They oh, make, House of Pong They make everybody energy. feel welcome. Shout out to Angel Hara. Yeah. And everybody there. Timmy. Yep. Everybody. You with me on that, though. Oh, yeah. I love the sense of community that you experience at some of these mics. You know, and maybe it's more so in the Inland Empire for me because, like, that's where I started out. But there's something about those mics that always feels familiar and kind of homey. And everybody's on the same page trying to do their best. But it's weird. You know, there is a bit of territorialism uh, sometimes at mics, or at least that's what it felt like, I think, when I first started doing comedy. And I'm barely almost two years into it. Um, But I think I'm getting to the point now where I realize it doesn't matter. Just show up anywhere like a gunslinger. Take your bomb. Take your laughs. You know, it's any given Sunday every time you go up there. And the more uncomfortable you make yourself, the weirder situations, the more people you get to meet because you know no one yep. you know the better and stronger you're going to be as a person and as a comedian I'm like uh i welcome it now i welcome those uncomfortable situations oh yeah and i love like random show like some of the best shows i've ever been on been in the most random of circumstances like one of the best crowds i've ever experienced was out at a show in palm desert in a random warehouse uh brewery and you know what, dude? They were hungry for comedy. They were on board. They listened. They laughed hard. They had a great time. Mm. I had a great time. And I got to admit, when I was driving like two and a half hours into the into the heat and into the brightness with nothing else around me other than like billboards to stuff in the middle of nowhere, I was not <laughs> thinking it was going to be a good idea. But I got there and was pleasantly surprised. Good, man. It should be. Yeah. So, should I mean... Be. Do you have any hobbies outside of uh, outside of comedy? I noticed you got a hat on there, with yeah. a patch on it. Um, I like to sew. Yeah, I spend a lot of time uh, in my, um, you know, what do you call it? Life pursuits on the phone, and I can sew. Cool, cool. Yeah, so I sew a lot of hats and patches and shit, and people like them, and they, you know, go to my Instagram page which is Venice Salvage, um, which is, it's all found shit, you know, components, things that were otherwise heading to a landfill. And there's a lot of good hats on it. So you kind of fuse found art together Yeah, to make these creations? Yeah, we try. Right on. Yeah. They definitely have a unique vibe to it. Yeah, like this hat. Distinctly your own. Yeah. And um, it's... I don't even know how to say it other than it's zen. It's zen. 
right on. You know, well, it looks so very like, well designed. Yeah, and, and it's fun. It's like, all right, now what? You know, all I right. got to do is put this patch on this hat and not prick my finger. And on this one, I pricked my finger twice, but it still looks all right. All yeah. the blood's on the inside, so you can't even see it. <laughs> right? And yeah, no, yeah. I, I did. Uh, yeah. Other hobbies. For those of you that cannot see, which, why, how would you be able to see with your ears? You wouldn't. Uh, he is wearing a hat that says, don't tread on me. And I think that is the perfect phrase to embody everything. Gas and flat. That, uh, or of 1812. Rock and roll. <laughs> there yeah. you go. But yeah, everything's, I don't know, man. Hobbies are, um, I say have them, you know. They definitely make life a little bit more fun. Yeah, have Worth them. living. Why and, not? You know, if you can't have them and you want to change your mind on it, fine. I don't, I don't understand golf. That kills me. Like, why would you golf ever? Oh, dude, I'm right there with you. Well, you know? I don't know, though. I kind of enjoy driving around in golf carts. And the idea of being out in a park all day, that doesn't sound horrible. There's Speak for yourself. Plane, yeah, planes are fine. All right, next That's subject. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck golf. Yeah, well, I mean, so if you could go back in time and tell your younger self a little bit of wisdom, maybe your younger self is a young comedian, what do you think would be something you might tell yourself? Oh, that's, a, that's personal. Well, that's, I mean... You don't have to make it personal. If I could go back in time. You could. I would go back to like fifth grade. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say enthusiasm and personal finance are two things they're not going to teach us in junior high school. Oh, in ninth so grade. True. It's so it, it almost feels hack. I have watched YouTube videos on both of those subjects more times than My I've aunt been. Kathy. Yeah. Who just died. God rest her soul. Sorry to hear. When I got out of college, she gave me a book. Thank you. Um, personal finance in your 20s and 30s. Like, that shit's important. It really We really live in a is. world where that shit's important. You can rail against it, but it's important. Um, so if I was going to, you know, go back in time and give myself a fucking clue, I would say that. No, I think it's a very good point. Like, I'm barely... I'm 32, and I'm barely really starting to pay attention to like Dave Ramsey and other people that talk about personal finance. I know. Right. And then the you feel guilty about it and you're like, Oh my God, what, is, just, what did I miss? But you didn't know. Yeah. And that's you didn't. all right. You know, cause you well, can always learn. I don't think it's all right. I don't it think really it's all right. It really should be taught. It should yeah. be, it should be taught and it should be all right. But it's yeah. like, why is it such a fucking secret? Yeah. It really kind of bugs me that, you know, our resources are not readily available to us. So you kind of have to do your homework. Yeah. You just find yourself in this fucking trench. Yeah. Like, yeah, Yeah. I mean, eh, I'll get off the soapbox, but I truly do believe that we definitely, definitely, definitely need to be taught more about personal finance. So I I think you, you're right on the money. Yeah, totally. And as far as the importance of enthusiasm, that too. Yeah. The world doesn't know you shit. Exactly. So what do you want to do? You got to give a shit. You want to be a mathematician? You want to be, you want to play banjo? And do you want to take or do you want to create? Do you want to give back? Do you want to contribute toward? No, totally. Yeah. All things that you might want to think about. Yeah. Might not, though. I don't know. Who are we? But in, in fairness, <laughs> the, I mean, it takes a lot of discipline to be fucked up. It's true. It's and, true. you a lot know, of resistance. Th- there's an aimlessness that I think a lot of people subscribe to. 
and I yeah. don't disagree with it. They're just like, all right, cool. We are all free to live our lives as we feel fit, I suppose. Well, yeah, I mean, you think you do, but you also want to be able to go through the drive-thru and get a sandwich and a Coke. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, so do you have any advice that you might offer others in general to help them in their journey through life? Do you think, I mean, that pretty much summed it all up, I think. Um, is there anything particularly inspiring that comes to mind in terms of quotes or people that you've learned about? Death. Heroes. Death? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Not in a bad way, just... Death is inspiring to you? Uh... You get to the end of the line. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah it's a fact. Hmm. Unfortunately, we all, from the day you're born, you're just getting closer. Doesn't Correct. have to be so uh, bleak, but I guess it's no. True. It's not. It's not even a grim. Yeah. Reality. It's just all right. So now what? You know. I guess. In, I yeah. tip my hat to people that are like doing it, genuinely doing it. Living life, mm, uh, yeah, and having you know weird, punchy, quirky experiences, all of it. really, yeah. yeah, and bringing it out there and you know putting it on the road. Have you ever seen Billy Bonnell? Yes, right, yeah, like really, dude. Just gotta enjoy yourself. So you're right, because like we're all gonna die, so might as well have fun with it, right? I totally agree. Yeah, I think so too. In terms of timelines, I didn't really have anything planned beyond 30 minutes to an hour. This this could be the end? I don't know. Do you feel... Is there anything we should talk about? No, man. We don't... I feel pretty good about yeah, what we've Yeah, we don't need to about. talk about anything. But if we, if we are going to talk about anything or yeah. something, it's everything we talked about. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, I hope somebody listens to this and they gain some bit of wisdom or knowledge or something something inspiring something to get them curious about whatever that next thing that they're going to learn is uh i think that's where we're going to end it for now all right well mr devlin thank you again for joining me world's biggest disappointment no not at all <laughs> thank you for being on here thank you for right being on. honest and bearing a little bit of your soul uh, I, just, I just potting thought yeah let me lay it on us we're all stuck here. And if you can get through your day and sit at a folding table and look at Danny Frank and think, <laughs> then all right, cool. You know, what's tomorrow got? I mean that. And, uh, I, and I thank so. you. Yeah, for real. Before we go, uh, throw out a quick song that you want everybody to go look up that's particularly meaningful or entertaining to you. Opening statement by hard-working Americans. Yeah? Yeah. All right, you heard it. Go get it. All right, my name is Danny Frank. This is Matt Devlin, and this has been Walks of Life. Thank you very much.